0: Hi, I'm Matt Dawson and welcome to Ortho Science Fights. Today I'm joined by Dr. Claudia Cohn, who is the medical director of the Blood Bank Laboratory and associate medical director of the HLA Laboratory at the University of Minnesota. In her current role, she practices clinical pathology, oversees the blood bank, and teaches medical students. Dr. Cohn's research interests include platelet transfusions, alternative platelet storage solutions, HLA antibodies, and their role in solid organ transplants and platelet refractoriness. Dr. Cohn was named the 2020 Chief Medical Officer for the AABB organization, where she works to strategize and implement ways to achieve AABB's mission through the development of policies and by engaging the communities it serves. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Cohn.
1: Well, thank you for that kind introduction. I'm I'm excited to be here.
0: So today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, titers and their role in transfusion medicine. So to start with, can you talk a little in detail about what is hemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn, and why this testing for patients is so important?
1: Sure um hemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn, also known as hdfn, is when the mother produces antibodies that recognize the baby's red cells red blood cells as foreign, and so these antibodies can cross the placental barrier and bind to the baby's red cells and um causes them to lice or burst open. And um, this, if if it, it's allowed to proceed, can kill the baby or the fetus.
0: Okay. And so in, in understanding this issue, what is the role that antibody titers play and the role of the transfusion medicine laboratory in, in the treatment and diagnosis?
1: The um, role of antibody titers and the laboratory are critical in terms of diagnosis and treatment of hemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn. Um, because this is an antibody mediated disease, we need to understand the level of antibodies that the mother is producing. And so we do something called a titer, which allows us to evaluate the, um, the quantity and strength of the antibodies that are present that recognize the fetal red blood cells as foreign. And we can monitor these antibodies over time. So if you take a titer at the beginning of the pregnancy, a little later in the pregnancy, we continually watch and make sure that the titer isn't going higher because that can be a really important sign that we need to do an intervention to save the fetus.
0: Great. Thank you. And you know, as I understand, there's um, other places where we would see the use of titer, such as things as the evaluation of patients undergoing ABO-incompatible transplants. So for these patients, again, why is that titer so critical? And what are the recommendations you're seeing regarding testing requirements for those patients?
1: Titers are always critical for antibody-mediated diseases because the higher the titer, it means we have more antibodies present and or the antibodies are stronger and can bind to their target um, more strongly. And so solid organ transplants are a very good example. If you are a group A patient and you receive a group B kidney, a group A patient is going to have naturally occurring anti-B antibodies that can bind to that organ and um, cause it to be rejected. And so if we can titer the level of anti-B antibodies, we understand from um, other research that has been done what level is critical for the safety of that organ. And so we for any um, disease that's mediated by antibodies, we will titer those antibodies. And once the titer... Moves past a certain level, we know that we need to make an intervention.
0: So, in looking at the literature, there's been a lot of great references and articles where you're lead author or co-author on topics. And one of them that's very interesting is the differences of inter and intra-operative laboratory variability in ABO and minor red blood cell titer results. You know, could you expand a little bit more on this topic and why it's so critical for labs performing this test?
1: Yes, um there are different tests available for titering antibodies and of course every antibody is a little different. And so when we're titering ABO, it seems as though the various tests that are available and these tests are usually referred to as tube and column agglutination testing. Um we see consistently similar results um across labs um whether they're doing a tube test or a column agglutination. But the antibody involved in hemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn is against the D antigen, D as in dog. And we have found that there is a significant difference between column agglutination and tube testing for the D antigen. And tube testing introduces a lot more variability than column agglutination testing. That is just innate to the test. You need to have a lot of manual um, manipulation with tube testing that isn't necessary with column agglutination testing, and so particularly automated testing. Um, you have fewer manipulations, and so the variability in test is lower. And so if you're comparing one lab to another that is doing a tube test, you might see differences in the values, in the, in the results that um, comes from the testing, even if you're working with the same sample. And so we took a close look at that and saw that um, the inter and intra lab variability with anti-D testing quite high with tube, and much lower with column agglutination testing. And in fact, if you do automated column agglutination testing, the inter and intra lab variability appears to be the lowest. So if you want to develop consistent values and understand the level at which an antibody is important, clinically relevant for a disease, the column agglutination testing is probably or almost certainly the best platform that can be used so that we can establish a value that consistently is used for um, clinicians to know. Once this patient reaches this titer, that is when an intervention is needed for hemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn.
0: So you know the interesting thing there is, so as you talk about inter and intra lab variability, what is the impact that that could have on a patient or on practice if you see this, you know, lack of accuracy or this variability in result uh, within a lab or between labs, and what does that mean for the patient and patient care?
1: That's a good question, um, because tube testing can be so variable in result. Um, my lab and the lab next door might get um, results that are double the value and and yet it's the same sample. And so if my lab determines that once you reach a certain titer, you um, need to intervene clinically. And I publish a paper saying you have re- reached this titer and um, you need to intervene for the health of the fetus. The lab next door might be doing the same test but because their testing is so very different um, in terms of manual manipulations, their result, they might get a very different result and the baby might, or the fetus rather, might be in danger, but their result, because the numbers are different, will not allow them to say that or do, don't doesn't indicate that the baby, the fetus is in danger and they won't make an intervention to save the fetus's life. The, the titer value is so critical for deciding when to take action and, and taking action is, um, a lot of work. And so clinicians are not going to take action unless they have a good lab value that tells them that it's necessary. Otherwise there's a lot of wasted effort and you actually are, um, taking measures that, that are at, that create risk for the fetus. So you don't want to take these measures lightly. So dependence on the titer is critical. And if one lab is getting a value that says, time to intervene, and another lab is getting a value that says, "Mm, we don't need to intervene yet, and yet it's the same sample, it's because of that variability, you want to make sure that you have a test that is precise, that is consistently giving the same result in different labs. That is really important.
0: What else can you share with our listeners today about the data available regarding this reproducibility and precision when performing antibody titers?
1: There have been several papers, and thank you for mentioning that I I am an author or co-author on several of those papers, Um, but there have been many papers looking at comparisons of D, um, the D antibody titers with different tests and how likely it is that they will be different. Um, One one paper that was by, um, or it was an abstract by Scebay et al. They looked at um, the reproducibility of titers with different, um, if you really took care and tried to make column agglutination titers reproducible and compared it to um, tube titers, making them reproducible. You could achieve pretty good reproducibility, but this was only taking a lot of extra time and effort to make sure that they're reproducible. But other studies um, have shown that there are there's wide divergence, and actually, a um, a study that has come out um, that will be coming out shortly by um, with me as the senior author and Lonnie Lieberman as the lead author has done a um, an analysis. Of multiple papers that are um, have been published and it shows clearly that there is very very wide variability in practice when you compare tube and column agglutination technology and that um, it it could even be dangerous to assume that one titer in one lab is similar to another titer in another lab because they are very so very very different there have been editorials um, written by, um, by myself and um, Brian Adkins. And Brian Adkins is also the lead author on a paper that looks like, at ABO um, and non-ABO titers and shows that ABO titers, you, there's, there, there's pretty good similarity across tests, but anti-D titers um, and other minor red blood cell antigens, the titer of antibodies against these antigens can be very different depending on the the testing platform used.
0: Great, that's really helpful. And so, you know, to kind of close the conversation up today, do you have any final recommendations to our listeners about automation for this type of critical testing in the transfusion medicine lab?
1: Yes, Um, automation helps a lot because machines are not as prone or not prone at all to the slight variability that occurs with manual manipulations. Titers involve a lot of, of, pipetting and a lot of different tubes and inevitably humans just make They're not mistakes. There's just slight differences as they do these tests. If you can have an automated testing platform available, you remove that variability. There's a lot of precision. And certainly we're seeing accuracy as well with with automation. In in my lab, we use the automated um, platform and we're very, very happy with it. It has given us, it, it, it gives us good dependable results. And it also makes it easier on the technologists because all they have to do is load up the sample and press a button rather than taking the time to label a multiple number of tubes, make the uh, dilutions that are necessary to run a titer and then um, actually do the titer testing. It can take uh, several, um, over an hour out of a technologist's time to do a titer. Whereas with um, automated testing, as I said, you just press a button and walk away. And um, there's a lot of um, confidence in the result.
0: Great, thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of our conversation today with Dr. Cohn. So I want to personally, again, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, prepare and share with us uh, your expertise on this great topic.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I enjoyed our conversation.
0: I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast episode about the clinical applications of antibody titers in transfusion medicine and the importance of reproducibility and precision of results for diagnosis and monitoring of patients. So please make sure to review the section within this podcast description for references and reading materials. Uh, you'll find materials for further learning and education. So based on what you heard on today's podcast, I leave you with our pop quiz, what is, in turn, interlaboratory variability in results? You can always go back and listen again if you missed it. So thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Ortho Science Bites, our monthly podcast, where we will be discussing more complex questions we face every day in our labs, brought to you by Ortho Clinical Diagnostics, pioneering advances in diagnostics for 80 years because every test is alike.